0: Are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's take a walk.
1: Welcome to Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. I'm Lori. And I'm Dallas. You've managed your time, but you still can't get everything done you planned for? It might be because you didn't plan for the energy it would take to complete the tasks you had scheduled. Today, we'll give you some quick tips for ways to manage your personal energy. Learn how to identify your most energetic times of day and what you can do to quickly recharge. Step
0: right up because here we go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good
1: evening wherever you're listening in the world. Lori, I've got to start out today with a shout out to Ireland Rugby! <laughs> okay, that's... yay! What did they do? Yay! <laughs> I know, it's yay for me! But yeah, I love Ireland Rugby, and it's Six Nations time, so this is a kind of a tournament that's played every year, and with literally Six Nations, the Guinness Six Nations, because I'm okay. gonna be having a Guinness at the same time. It's England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and France, and Italy. <gasps> Okay. Got to root for Italy. Wait, is it over? It's not. It continues for the next couple of weeks. They're playing every other week now in this cycle, and it is fantastic. Ireland beat France. It was a great game. I loved watching it, and I also loved watching the Italy game. This is the first time where Italy in a long time is really competitive. And Yay. they gave France, and France won it last year. And France is one of the top rugby teams in the world. Mm-hmm. And Italy gave them a real run for their money. Well, good for them. They could have won it. <laughs> so, and that is a huge change for Italy. So, go Italy as well. But go my other teams as well. I I love Scotland and in England rugby as well. As you can tell, I love rugby.
0: I'm I don't I don't watch rugby. I don't think I've ever seriously watched it. I might have to look into it, see if we have it anywhere on one of our streaming services.
1: Well, maybe this will be the time, because this is the World Cup year for rugby. Just like soccer, they do in every four years, and so this is World Cup time leading up to it. It's going to be a good year, I think. Sweet. But you can already tell I've got so much energy based off of this, and this is one of the aspects of energy management that we're going to cover today. And how inspiration is one of those areas that can give you energy. It can help renew your energy. It can boost your energy at certain times. Things that you love, the internal things that you love, can give you those inspiration boosts of energy. So it was just the perfect timing. I was kind of dragging a little at the end of the week with stuff we were trying to do for the podcast. And yeah, one day of Ireland rugby. Go Johnny Sexton. As I said, the Ireland Rugby helped me get on topic this week, which energy management, especially with autoimmune conditions, chronic illness conditions, is a huge part of what you deal with on a daily basis. Right. I am currently wearing my Energizer bunny color because that was really my nickname at work. It's go, go, go all the time. No one has ever accused me of being the energizer bunny. (laughs) Not once. So not as impactful for you. (laughs) Mm -mm. But still kind of a nice skill to have because it was something that when I was coaching time management, it was an aspect that most time management programs didn't address. Mm -hmm. And the problem was when people would come to me, I was finding... You may be awake for 16 hours a day, but are you going at the same pace for all 16 hours of the day? Oh, hell no. All seven days of the (laughs) week, all 365 days a year? Absolutely not. You just can't. Your body can't sustain that type of energy use. Think about it this way. Does it take as much energy for you to go to the bathroom as it does to swim a lap? Never compared the two, but I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But those are the two extremes. You really have to start thinking about them in those types of extremes. Okay. One you probably have thought of or have encountered before, does it take as much energy to pick up your kids from school as it does to play with them in the park for the same amount of time? Right? That energy right. is different for those two different types of tasks. So you really have to look at it as they can take the same amount of time, but how impactful are they to you? Right? Got how much it. energy do they sap mm-hmm. out of that day? That then allows you for how much energy do you have left for the rest of your tasks. So we're going to talk a lot about this in depth today. We're going to get through a couple of the really quick tips and tricks to help you start thinking about this energy management skill. And then for our Patreon supporters, we'll have how-to videos. We'll have some really nice download files that'll help you chart your energy and start to get you to understand how to manage that better. I think we should get into it. Let's do it. Okay.
0: Okay. Let's just get into the rapid fire questions. How
1: often does fatigue impact your life? As I was saying earlier, all the time now. So, I have to be very conscious of, it's a part of energy management that you have to understand the biology of your body as well. So, I'm still getting to that level of understanding and Mm -hmm. trying to manage my energy accordingly. But it can hit if I'm not paying attention to both. For me, I think it's totally what what you were talking about earlier with
0: the rugby. That was like inspiration. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just gave you that boost that's how i am when i have that inspiration i find that i'm more on the go yeah there are some days where by like three o'clock i'm i'm thinking damn how do i need a nap <laughs> why do i need a nap i haven't right. done anything today so it, it can sneak up on me too okay next are there certain things that always zap your energy
1: yeah A lot of times when I'm coaching people, I find this to kind of be true and it definitely is true for me. The things that always sap my energy are my drudge tasks, which we talked about in our time management episode. Drudge tasks are those things you just hate to do. Mm -hmm. You cannot stand to do them. And laundry is one of the ones for me. And there's a, a large list of other drudge tasks. They will always sap my energy. They always take so much more because unfortunately I still haven't gotten around my mental block that my body is literally fighting against it. Right. It is saying, I don't want to do this. So it is releasing all of these wonderful triggers that are saying, you don't like this. So you don't want to do this. And so I'm going to take your energy level down with me. I'm the same on that one. The other thing
0: I've noticed is like my laziness breeds more laziness. Like if I'm <laughs> sitting, if I'm sitting still for too long, not doing anything, and maybe putting off tasks, or maybe I just don't have anything to do that day, I'll find that I'm like getting more tired and more tired just from doing nothing, which mm-hmm. I don't understand, but I'm sure you'll
1: will <laughs> tackle it a little me. bit. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> All right. Last one. What are things that can help alleviate your fatigue? or give you energy back. And I kind of think that's going to be what our whole
1: podcast is about today. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what we're going to go over today. And we're not even going to tackle everything because we just don't have that kind of time. Now we'll have bonus videos and stuff up on Instagram. We'll have some stuff for our Patreon members, as I said. Um, and then we have a course on time management and energy management that'll help with these. But today we're going to cover The ones that I know are most impactful for people that I've coached before. So we're gonna talk a little bit about how to manage your energy is really how to understand how much energy each of your tasks take until you think about those things, right? Which we just did with you, picking up your kids from school versus taking them to the park and how those can actually morph and change. If it's a snow day, it's gonna be more energy. If it's, you're sitting on the bench, it's gonna be different than if you're playing with the kids during that time frame, And so you have to really dig into those tasks that you have and understand how much energy do they really take. The second piece we're gonna go over today is understanding your own personal energy cycles. Your body naturally throughout the day has various energy cycles that are driven by your biology. And your brain. You were talking a little bit earlier about how at three o'clock in the afternoon you get tired, and it doesn't matter what you've done throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to learn a new term today called ultradian rhythms. I'm sure you've heard of circadian rhythms. I've been have. talking about sleep, right? It's the time you're awake versus the time you're asleep and what times of day you get up and go to sleep. Ultradian rhythms are how it fluctuates within that 24 hours when you're awake. Okay. Okay. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is some other impactful things that you didn't think were affecting your energy from a biological standpoint. Teeny little things that you can do with food and water that are really important. And the last thing today is how do you recharge? We all need to recharge. Exactly. And how do you recharge fast? In this day and age, we don't have a lot of downtime. So it's Mm -hmm. how do you give yourself that downtime? And how do you maximize that downtime to be able to boost your energy as quickly as possible? Sounds good. Yes. So that is the long answer to your question. We're going to get even longer with that answer. (laughs) So I got to kind of start off with a story here. It's In the past, when I was coaching people on their time management skills, I get a lot of, you know, I planned my entire day down to the minute and I still didn't get everything done. Of course, by this time they had taken another time management course or something along those lines and they were just super frustrated. They had followed all of the rules. And the first thing I'd recommend to them is never ever plan your day down to the minute. That is a complete waste of time because we know life happens. Yes, You never know if your car is going to break down, if there's a wreck on the highway on your way in, one of your kids gets sick and stays home on your Valentine's Day plans. You yes. never know what's going to happen. So you cannot plan down to the minute every day. I just don't recommend it for anybody. If that works for you, fine. But I also know that you're spending a ton of time replanning when things go off the rails in a day. So there's a lot of waste of energy in there on a replan. What I recommend is at most, you plan down to 30 minute increments in your day. And when you plan down, what we talked about in the time management course as well, and when you plan those 30 minute increments, you better have buffers around them. Time of no activity between each of those increments that allows for life. Those buffers around those tasks also a lot for energy. So those buffers and those areas around your tasks allow you to potentially recharge your energy and get ready for the next one. If you wanna learn more about time management, again, for our Patreon members, you can see parts of our course and our how-to videos on how to best plan your time management, and then listen to our podcast, episode 14 on time management. And
0: that was actually
1: really helpful for me because when I would write the tasks
0: down, even the things that you just know you have to do like dinner, laundry, pick up the kids. It was nice for me to actually see all of that. Some days I was like, damn, that's a lot of stuff to do. But for the most part, I could just be like, well, no wonder. I don't have time to get this or that done because my day is actually filled up and I could see it like written down. So you remember
1: I, what the task name for those were? Those would be recurring yes. tasks. That was the recurring tasks. Yes, exactly. Yes. Ah, yeah. Had to catch me. No. So it's been helpful for a lot of people that I've coached on this. You don't realize how many of these maintenance, these recurring tasks are already in your day and sapping all of your energy before you even get to the things that you need to prioritize for that day.
0: Definitely, because all I would ever put down in there is, you know, if I was meeting someone for coffee or a doctor's appointment or maybe a teacher conference or something, that's the only thing I ever had in my planner, aside from things going on with you and our meetings. right? (laughs) And then when I put the other, you know, the recurring tasks, the daily tasks in there, I was like, oh, okay, that's why
1: I never get stuff done. Because you're already doing stuff. The other thing too, was in plans, I was seeing that there was more than one exceptionally high-energy tasks in a day. These tasks might have been very short in far as time is concerned, like a half an hour to an hour, but the task itself was gonna take a lot of energy out of them. And this is slightly longer tasks, but for example, they were trying to write a resume from scratch in the same day that they were running a marathon. So their job was actually as a resume writer, uh-huh. and that was a glaring piece <laughs> because it sounds like one is a physical activity and one is a mental activity, which you would think might be okay, right? Right. But in reality, that's only if your brain is disconnected from your body. It doesn't <laughs> <Okay>? happen often. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's not one of those things where we can, you know, just remove our head and replace it with something else. They were just questioning. They were like, you know, the marathon only took five hours. And I added the tasks about, you know, the extra stuff around it, getting there, getting set up, getting cooled down, and then getting back to the house. So, you know, I had nine hours left in my day. And I've written a full resume in two hours before. There's no big deal. I said, yeah, but your energy stores were depleted. And it was... But that's, you know, but that's just my body. Yeah, but in reality, it was your glucose. It was your sugar. Do you consider
0: sugar to be the biggest part of managing your energy levels, or is it just a small
1: part? Well, that's where the science comes in. So it's really big. Sugar is about 30% of managing your energy, and it's because your brain uses the most sugar or glucose of any organ in your body. It needs all of that energy to be able to fire all of your neurons and to be able to make sure that everything is signaling correctly. So when your volume is low, when you've had that intense physical activity, not only your sugar, there are other vitamins and minerals like D3 and B12 and other things that are depleted during those types of activities as well that your brain also requires to be able to function. But sugar is the big one. And so when it's low, the brain's chemical messengers are not produced and the communication between your brain and your body breaks down. They've shown that your cognitive ability slows down. Therefore, a task like resume writing, that this woman had, you know, that's her job. She had done it so many times. Right. It can take significantly more time to complete Plus making more errors because her cognitive abilities were down because her glucose levels and some of her other vitamin and mineral levels were low. She didn't allot for that. So a task that normally took her two hours, she didn't get done in the last nine hours that she had available in her day. Oh, mm mm-hmm. I mean, that's over four times more time to complete that task because she didn't really have the energy reserves. Right. Got it. So, Lori, I know that you and I are never going to encounter the marathon drain of energy because, no. man, I hate running.
0: Absolutely I hate it not. So much.
1: Nope. Yep. So, what do you think is your biggest drainer of to energy? Be honest, I'd have to say my biggest drain
0: is just mental blocks, talking myself out of it or saying, I just don't want to do it. I'm a Mm -hmm. little tired. That's going to take a lot of energy. And I put up this mental block the same way I did with time management. Like, oh, I don't think I'll have time. Oh, that's going to take so much time. It's very negative self-talk
1: in my head. Exactly what I was referring to before. Like a marathon drains certain vitamins, minerals, and again, your sugar levels in your body. That same thing happens with those mental blocks you start to release certain chemical combinations of serotonin and dopamine. And what you end up doing is suppressing some of your adrenal function and you end up suppressing that light function in your brain. And then it cycles into, you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And you are specifically draining your energy without having to run. So how do we turn that around? Those mental blocks not only come in the form of, I just don't want to do it because it was a drudge. I actually asked this woman, I said, Was working on that resume a drudge task for you? Which she really had to kind of think about it for a second because, you know, she is a professional resume writer. But yeah, <laughs> she was like, That day, because I was so tired from the race, because there was so much activity to leading up to the race and everything else. She was like, yeah, I kind of didn't want to do it. I was dragging into it. And so I had her start to think about some of her other aspects to her energy. Drudge tasks aren't just that you don't like something, it's that certain other components of your energy cycle might be affected as well. And we'll talk about these a little bit more later. I call them meifs, ifs, and we'll see how that plays out. But one of the things I had her think about was, where was your focus? When you came home from the marathon, were you still thinking about how well you did in the race? Was she thinking about how much fun it was? Oh, no. Right? The race, to- <laughs> she loved marathons. That woman went on to do a triathlon later, I said, okay, you do that. Oh my. <laughs> you know, go you, I will cheer yes. you on, but I am not doing that. Yes, go her. Yes, exactly. But she just loved doing that stuff. So, she was still really inspired, but her inspiration was all directed toward the race. Got it. It's because okay. the resume was work. She was like, I don't want to work. I'm still having fun. So, she affected two other areas of her energy cycle without knowing it. And that was part of the reason that we were kind of then able to work with her on how do you change your mind? How do you change your perspective? And pull from those energy components to help you get through the resume piece. So all of these things, including what was really interesting for her as well, she's a super morning person. She's one of those early birds. Oh my. (laughs) Okay. And so for the marathon, that was fantastic. That's right in her energy zone. But this was one of the first times in a while that she was writing resume at night. And so in her energy pattern, nighttime is not her most productive time. So any type of tasks that she schedules in that time frame where she's got a traditionally low energy pattern, are gonna take more time than she normally has to allot. That makes sense. Yeah. Key thing on dredge tasks, try to schedule them in times where you know you naturally have high energy. Try to get them done earlier or in that pattern. For me, that's nighttime. <laughs> I am a super night owl. We'll talk about how that impacts your energy a little bit later. Another thing that I had her think about was water average water content in the body is around 60%. That's a lot. And of course you drained it all out (laughs) when you were running, not all of it, but a good portion of it. And just like your sugar levels in your body, your water content also makes a difference in your energy because that water helps to lubricate and fluid the body, helping with messaging, helping with your cardiovascular system and all kinds of things to function. So it's really interesting because Lori, at one point, you had been talking to me about some research that you had found on chronic dehydration and how it can really affect various aspects of the body.
0: I did, I found some really interesting little facts and I admit, I am one of those people, I never drink enough water, no matter if I say I'm going to, I always wind up failing and actually I get migraines if I don't drink enough water because I'm so dehydrated and the altitude here is so crazy. So I have to really pay attention to it. But I have here that a survey of over 3000 Americans found that 75% of them had a net fluid loss, which resulted in chronic dehydration. Yep. The easiest way to fix that is a don't be running a marathon, but also (laughs) avoid alcohol and avoid eating a diet high in sodium because that's going to zap your water intake straight away. 75% chronically dehydrated. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's a lot.
0: Yes. Another study found that young people who were mildly dehydrated were much more likely To feel fatigued during both moderate exercise and even when sedentary which totally makes sense because if you don't have that water in you a common sign of dehydration is fatigue and it's probably going to hit around midday (laughs) another little fact dehydration causes foggy memory and irritability even mild dehydration can put stress on our cognitive functioning and our mood So be aware of that. If you're getting moody in the day for no reason, maybe go have
1: a sip of water. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. You might not be hangry. Yes. You may be wangry.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You may just need that extra boost of water. And one that I found very interesting, this is a smaller one. Dehydration is one of the most common risk factors for kidney stones. A study from 1990, so take that with what you will for me so long ago, (laughs) but kidney stones were found in more than 700 patients. And I don't think anybody wants those. I've never had one. I've heard it's worse than childbirth with, I don't know, even though I've got kids, I had Mm C-sections. So I don't even know what childbirth is. And I don't want to know what kidney stones are. So if that's not enough to scare you into drinking more water, I don't know what is. Nope. That should do it.
1: Yes, <laughs> and if you need any sort of like reference for that, go watch the episode of Friends <laughs> where Joey passes a kidney stone, or or Cougar Town <laughs> where they have one of their characters do it as well. So I've heard
0: crazy bad stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so lucky. I've never had one. <laughs> knock on knock on wood. Wait, knock, knock on, on wood. wood. Quick, find wood. <laughs> I got my head like Bruno.
1: Knock on knock on wood. So. Dehydration definitely factors into your cognitive functioning and along with all of the other things that had been low in her body, she was, of course, dehydrated as well. And all of that played into not having as much energy to be able to complete that task that usually in her high energy states in the morning where her motivation and her inspiration were high, was she able to get that same task done? All of those factors came into it and all of them were energy related. Kind of crazy. Totally. The other one we were talking about a little bit earlier, my friend was a total early bird. Oh, I gosh. mean, seriously, that chick like, gets up at like 5.30 in the morning. That's on purpose? Her. Yeah, on purpose. Oh, Not for work yeah. or anything else. That's just her natural time. She gets up. Okay, great. I mean, seriously, you know, to each their own on that one. <laughs> Would you consider yourself an early bird or a night owl? Okay, I am neither, actually. I mean,
0: I prefer the mornings, but I am definitely not an early bird. I roll out of bed at about 6.45 because I have to to get my kids ready and off to school. When I didn't have kids, I could have slept in till 11. Morning time though is my most productive time of the day. I'd say from about 9, 9.30 to about 2, 2.30. Those are my good hours. Right. Does that bring into play what you were talking about, my circadian rhythm?
1: Close. Circadian rhythms govern our 24-hour schedule, and they're most commonly in chronobiology associated with our sleep-wake patterns. What time of day do you get up and what time of day do you go to sleep? And The best time to really gauge that is on vacation. Now, that's granted if you have a relaxing vacation and not a vacation at Disney where you're go, go, go all the time, (laughs) okay?
0: Dude, four parks one day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about the energy management on that another day. But the idea is once you get into a relaxed state, in sync with your basic body's functions, after a couple of days on vacation, you'll start to see if you don't, you know, no distractions, wake up and go to sleep naturally around what times of day. And that will kind of give you a better idea of what your circadian rhythm is during a day. That understanding will also impact how you deal with your task scheduling for the day. Because as you said, you have to get up at 6.45. Because yes. you've got to get everybody ready to go. You've got to right. get the kids to school, but that's outside of your natural wake time. Right. So any tasks that you schedule in that section of time between 6.45 and what you said was around um, 9.10, yeah. somewhere around that time frame, right? You want to focus on tasks that are on the lower energy scale. You want to focus on scheduling tasks in that time frame that are on the low cognitive scale because your brain is not really awake yet. No, it's not. <laughs> oh. No. So that is not the time where you want to be doing very detailed, huge cognitive functioning, higher level number crunching, and all of that stuff for you specifically.
0: There have been days where I've taken the wrong way to school because I missed the turn.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because again, your body is not yet awake yet. Right. You have to be aware of the energy and the focus that you have available during that time frame. So one of the things to know though, if you wanna know more about your circadian rhythms, I'm not gonna go over those in depth today. We're gonna to be talking about another type of rhythm, but understanding your circadian rhythms and along with why your teenage son is so hard to get up in the morning, there is a great article on the National Institute of Health page that we'll put up on our website that you can read through on circadian rhythms because really. A lot of fights, I just remember, with my mom and my brother were because getting him up and out of bed in the morning was a complete nightmare. And the more that we understand that people don't work on the same rhythms, Mm -hmm. and in fact, your age determines a lot about how your circadian rhythm actually works. Oh gosh,
0: I'm not there yet with my son. He's still... (laughs) Although he puts himself to bed really early because he just wants to be alone and read. Mm-hmm. But he he's up before me. Yeah. I've so. always had early wakers. <laughs> it's it's kind of killed me. You know, people are like, oh my kids sleep until till eight or nine. And I'm like, what do you do to them? <laughs> 645 for me is a blessing. <laughs>
1: yes. That's gotta be tough. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> The answer to your question earlier, when you were saying you're not an early bird, but you do pretty well kind of in the mornings to the early afternoon thing, you actually had a phrase for it. What did you call it?
0: It was just something I saw online. It's not an early bird, not a night owl, but a perpetually
1: exhausted pigeon. <laughs> Which I love, We've we've got to go track that down who did that. When you referred to that's early mornings into the late afternoon, we started talking then about or moving into an example of an ultradian rhythm. So circadian rhythms are 24-hour rhythms. Ultradian rhythms are the rhythms that take place throughout the day. Great example of this, and again, in chronobiology, these can refer to all kinds of different swings like the increase and decrease of a hormone called leptin in your body that encourages you to eat at various times of the day. We are not hungry all day long. Uh We cycle throughout the day at various times saying, I'm hungry, I'm not hungry. And the increase and decrease of that leptin hormone is what they've kind of proven, sort of, that controls that cycle, that ultradian cycle within the day, how it varies. And so when we talk about energy management, we deal a lot with these ultradian rhythms. And while most people are familiar with circadian rhythms, ultradian is a term they haven't heard before. Have you heard I, that term before? No, I've never heard that. Absolutely. I was re- I was reading your note and I was like, I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> well, now you know, and I hope I'm even saying it right. Words are hard,
0: especially when you drag in a foreign word. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Or a highly scientific word like ultradian. When we talk about these energy patterns throughout the day, this is one of the tips that I hope our listeners will take away today. Understanding how your different energy patterns change throughout the day can help you plan better. Because you already know, Lori, between the mornings and the early afternoon, you're really good. You've got high energy. Yes. but. What part of your energy is actually high during that time? Are all four components of your energy high at that time? Or is it just one or two? Is there another time of day that naturally you're also highly energetic, but you didn't realize it? I don't even know what the four components are. Exactly. (laughs) So what I call this is called the me if revival. Okay. Yes, we're gonna get a revival.
0: Revive me, (laughs) explain please.
1: Exactly. We're going to figure out, or I'm gonna go through with you what the four components of your me if are. Okay. So this is me at my most productive, me at my most energetic. If I focus on these four components. Okay. Me if. So the first part of me if is M, motivation. Is anything driving you? at this point, a possible promotion, a deadline, an illness, right? You're trying to figure out a lot of my motivation right now is is dealing with illness, right? Mm-hmm, and dealing right. with my doctors. These are really the external forces that are affecting your energy, driving mm-hmm. you forward from the outside. That's your motivation. The second component is your energy, E. <laughs> We're in the E of me if. So what is your level of energy? We already know that the energy naturally flows throughout a day and in in general, we as human beings have some pretty similar patterns. In fact, one of the best examples is afternoon tea and siestas. You had said earlier that around about three o'clock, you suddenly start to get really tired. Yes, right before I'm supposed to pick
0: up my kids and I'm always afraid
1: I'm gonna fall asleep.
0: (laughs) Well, guess what? <laughs> the school's gonna call me.
1: Most human beings do. Hence why siestas became a thing. Love you, Spain. <laughs> Can we get those in America. Exactly. Please. And in the UK, afternoon tea came about. Yes. As a way to compensate and to recharge your energy.
0: Mm-hmm. Take a
1: break, get some food, which in en- turn turns to sugar right. and then helps with your energy levels. So when you think about that energy throughout the day, those are your natural energy flows. Gotcha. The third part of me if is inspiration. I talked about this earlier. Ireland rugby gets me inspired. (laughs) So what gets you going? What do you like? I know you like true crime. I do. And I'm sure it's not hard to find extra energy. No, wait a a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: I like listening to things about true crime.
1: I like going out there and committing true crime. (laughs) Well, yes. Okay. (laughs) But I know it's not hard for you to find extra energy if you find a new true crime video on like your favorite story. Right? Correct. That is easy. You're like, ooh, I want to go watch that. I want to go, you know, listen to that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So those are those inspirations. Those are the things that inspire you from the inside. So Lori, what are some other things that inspire you? Oh goodness, my kids,
0: a good book, a good book release. Like if I'm waiting for a book to come out that I've been waiting for, <laughs> oh, I get so happy. okay. Honestly, even some like some television shows, if a new episode of Ghosts or something is coming up on Thursday, I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm excited for that tonight. <laughs> it's little <laughs> for me, it's like little things. yeah,
1: exactly. And they are everywhere. Things that you like will create a higher want response in your brain, and they give you more energy to get them done, which usually translates to, you can get them done faster. Mm -hmm. You were gonna be more focused on that area, and that brings us to the last of me if, or (laughs) meefs. Your focus. How easy is it for you to stay on task? So many things can pull your energy away, especially, now with technology and all of the notifications and reminders and emails and and list is infinite on all the distractions we have today, right? Yes. But it's not just tech. What are some of the other distractions you have? What isn't a distraction? <laughs> Honestly,
0: it's my husband's favorite thing to say to me is like, look, a chicken. Because I will just out of the blue, go off topic, just be in another world. Mm-hmm. Any things. Honestly, shiny things. <laughs> I'm literally a living,
1: walking meme. Right. So kids, pets, your neighborhood neighbors, motorcycles at all hours of the day. And those aren't just some of the ones. There are biological things that make it difficult for you to focus as well. Ones that we've talked about already today, like low blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. We know the statement, hangry. Water. Yes. If you're dehydrated, that can lead to a lot of issues with your focus. Totally. Other things too, B12 deficiencies, lack of sleep, all of those biological things can impact your focus as well. What we're going to do now is I'm going to describe to you how to chart your me-if rhythms throughout the day. Because what you're going to find is that at different hours of the day, your motivation, your energy your inspiration, and your focus are gonna be different. But you are gonna start to see patterns throughout the day as you chart this, where they all come together naturally. Okay. Okay, and in those areas, you have the best possibility of scheduling high energy tasks, right? We're gonna see how we can map it, and then how we can use it to create the best me possible, me if, I work within my natural energy patterns. Okay. Now we'll have a sample chart up on our website that you can download and print and just manually make your little graphs from the data. Or for our Patreon members, there's going to be an interactive chart and you'll just put in your numbers and it'll generate the graphs for you. Nice. As I said, I like Excel. That's a sweet little perk. What you're going to do is for each waking hour throughout the day, you're gonna check in with yourself and record your levels from one to five, with one being the lowest and five being the highest for each of your energy components of your me if. So for example, at 9 a.m., you'll check in. For your motivation, is anything driving me at this hour? For you, Lori, that might be getting the kids to school or Mm -hmm. getting your husband out the door. Right, so those are those external focus. Things like, are the kids late? That is another motivation for that particular hour. Is there a meeting I need to prepare for? So again, score is one to five on your motivation with one being the lowest and five being the highest. And you'll have four of those. Mm -hmm. And you'll have four of those that you'll check in with at that particular hour. The next one, do you remember what the E stands for? Energy. Energy. (laughs) Right. So for me at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm still dragging my feet. So my level is around about a one, but you might be a morning person and be hopping around like your energizer bunny. So you put down a five if your energy level is, that's what it feels like at that hour. Next check in on your inspiration is something that I'm doing right now in this hour something I'm passionate about. So you'll want to put down a four or a five. If there's something internally that's driving you, love of something. Or is it a drudge task? And Lori, if it's a drudge task, like taking the kids to school, (laughs) what would you rate that as? Probably a two. Yeah.
0: Okay. I kind of do it on autopilot mostly, (laughs) so except for those couple of days like i said where i just missed that turn cuz i'm not paying attention cuz right. it's too
1: early. So you're not just you're just not very inspired by yeah. that particular task. You're not very inspired at that time of day. And finally, rank your focus. Are you laser focused at a 5 right now or not even, you know, or where a not even a nuclear bomb going off <laughs> could change you or distract you from whatever you're doing? Okay, I guess that number would be like a 10 but on the focus scale. But, you know, how focused are you? Or is it, you're like that dog and up and squirrel. (laughs) Anything can distract you at this Mm -hmm. particular point in time of the day. I I get a lot of those. So repeat this check-in with yourself every hour that you're awake. What are my for revival scores? Okay. And you said every hour. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the best outcome that I see with my students is when they can do this exercise for a week or better yet two. So do it every day and every hour, check in with yourself on your energy. This way, you're gonna start to see the really strong patterns appear when the four MEEFS values are at high during different times of the day. Because again, you have different activities you do on different days and on different weeks, right? Your recurring tasks stay the same, but your event tasks do change. So that's why I say it's better to, you know, if you can only do it for one day, fine, but it really doesn't take a lot of energy to do this task. And so if you can do it for a week or two, you're going to get a much stronger impression of how your energy patterns play out throughout your day. Okay, okay. Okay. And what I also tell people is when you're writing down the the values from 1 to 5, you can also put down there in text some of the activities that might have impacted those scores. Okay. My focus was low because chaos erupted with my kids. The kids started fighting. So that way you know what might have on that day pushed that focus down when it normally might not have been. It's just a reminder. Okay, cool, cool. So the more you can do, the better. But if you can only do it for one day, that's fine. You'll get an idea. Yeah. And once you have this data together, you're gonna start to see these patterns emerge. And I tell you, one of the strangest patterns that I saw come out of my own MEEF revival was that I had an emergence of all four of my components, Right, my energy Uh components on Fridays when I'm Hmm. in the office. And it was so strange because for most people, it tailors off on Friday in the office. Yeah, I would imagine. You're getting ready for the weekend, you're halfway out the door. But for me, because I could seriously focus with most people, you know, gone for the weekend already, (laughs) you know, or not wanting to attend meetings, Because we typically, you know, most places don't like to schedule meetings on Fridays. I could actually get my work done. And I was scheduling things that were also incredibly inspiring on Fridays. Because again, I knew that I would have more time to be able to get stuff done. And frankly, I also had the motivation. I want to get this off my plate in the weekend, so I'm not thinking about it. You'll start to see these really interesting patterns start to appear in your life. And at that point, what you're going to do is plan to your strengths. If you know that it's going to be hard for you to focus between 2 and 4 p.m., plan tasks that require less cognitive ability. Take a look at your recurring tasks because most of those recurring tasks are pretty straightforward. They don't require a lot of cognitive ability for me to do the laundry or clean the kitty litter at that point. It just gets done. It's a really Mm -hmm. low energy task. You might make calls at that point. I wouldn't suggest checking your email at that point because that actually is or can be a high energy or high cognitive task. But again, look for those ones that are lower energy at that time. My energy is exceptionally low in the mornings because I'm a night owl. So I don't, I am such a night owl. <laughs> I really do some of my best work between like 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. in the morning. And it's not all Excel spreadsheets I like doing. I, well,
0: I'm the recipient of that because <laughs> I'll wake up the next day and when I do check my emails, mm-hmm. I'll have an email from 1.30, 1.30 a.m. And I'm like, does she really think I'm going <laughs> to be reading this? I've been, I've been no. asleep for five hours.
1: <laughs> not even close. I know you're not going to touch it until the next morning. So it's one of those things that I just don't schedule any high activities for that time. I'm very specific to tell my coworkers, nope. I will not be attending any meetings during this time frame. I will not be working on any high cognitive functioning activity. If you want high quality, that is not a time frame to come find me. Yet another reason too as to why I am never running a marathon cuz those suckers always start in the very wee hours of the morning. <laughs> Most importantly, this chart will give you an idea as well of how many times a day you need a break you'll start to see when your energy patterns are high, you're going to need to make sure that you take a break after it because all four of those components will start to go down after that high point. Okay. So look at the troughs as well and realize at that point, I need to do something to recharge my energy, all four components or as many that I can get to. It's time for afternoon tea. Yes. (laughs) Take a break with tea time get up and stretch, walk. I may need to meditate and give my brain a break because if it is a high-energy cognitive activity, my brain's been working overtime. So I need to give it a break. Yep. And occasionally, if you are dealing with a chronic illness, be aware, sometimes you need to lie down. You need to rest fully. Truth, truth. Okay. Some companies do accommodate for this nowadays. They've learned that that is an important piece. Some haven't. Lori, what are some of the ways that you like to relax and renew your energy? I would say
0: to relax, I would either grab a book or my Kindle and do some reading. I really like to just have some noise on in the background too. So I may put on a TV show that I've seen a thousand times that I don't have to pay attention to, you know, one one of my favorite episodes of something. So it's just kind of like, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to it halfway and I'm just kind of like zoning out for a little bit. I find that having a snack does help. I try to keep it like
1: fruit or maybe just a piece of toast. Okay. So those are a lot of really great ways, uh, suggestions on ways to renew your energy. So again, that's what this chart is going to show you. When are you at your maximum normally within your days? Uh-huh. And when do you need to schedule those break times? And if you do tasks in those lower energy periods or after really highly energetic periods, keep them rote tasks. Low cognitive function, low energy. <laughs> Got it. Take your breaks. So there's a lot more to maximizing your energy and improving your time management, and discovering more about the lie of multitasking, by the way, which we didn't get to cover today, but we wanna help. So we'll list the resources on our website, and don't forget about episode 14, time management is also available for you. And as a two Redheads Patreon member, you'll have access to our quick videos and courses, along with our monthly one-on-one sessions and Ask Me Anything sessions with myself and Lori, where we can help guide you through your personal energy exploration. A quick recap of everything we went over today. Manage your time and your energy. When judging the amount of time a task takes to complete, don't forget to assess the amount of energy it might be required and the impacts of that different energy rhythms in your day. Have a meiff revival. Schedule tasks based on your energy rhythms as much as you can. Create your chart. And if you can do it for more than one day, try to do it for one to two weeks so that you really get an idea of what your ultra the rhythms are throughout the day for your motivation, your energy, your inspiration and your focus. Drink
0: your water. I guarantee you at this point in time right now, 70 to 75% of you are dehydrated. So don't forget to up that water intake. Give yourself time to recharge. If meditation is your thing, try our mini meditations that we have on our Etsy store or download a meditation app. Do some small stretches. Just roll your shoulders, maybe stand up, walk around, take a couple of steps. Don't just stay sitting still move, get that blood flowing. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths. After that, see if you feel any different. If not try another three. There's some great ideas there. And we are going to make a challenge for this week. Complete your me if chart for at least one day and let us know what
1: hour of the day do you tend to be most productive. That's a great challenge. All right. So we'll have that chart up online and Lori and I are going to complete our me if revival charts and we'll put those up on Instagram for you guys so that you can see our completed ones. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us. We hope we sparked your interest in beating your fatigue with some personal energy management hacks. Now that we've discussed our
0: ideas, are there any recommendations about today's topic that you'd like to share? Drop us a comment on Instagram or become a Patreon member for special perks and bonus content. Join us for our next walk and first on-site broadcast from the Dandelion Tea House and Apothecary, where our guests... Kat Stein and Marianne Wilson Stein will brew up some lively conversation in what it takes to create a new tea flavor combination and the many uses of herbs for healing. Oh, and we're going to talk about coffee too. Don't worry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lori. And I'm Dallas. And this is the Two Redheads Walk Into
1: a Podcast. The Two Redheads Podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. As with all our platforms and content, this podcast represents our own current personal views. These opinions do not represent those of any people, institutions, or organizations that we may discuss, mention, or recommend to our audience. At various times, we may provide reviews of products, services, or other resources.
0: Any such reviews will represent the good faith opinions of the authors. You should conduct your own due diligence and should not rely solely upon any reviews provided by the authors. The products and services reviewed may be provided to the company for free or at a reduced price to incentivize a review. For more information about the disclosure of incentives received, please contact support at
1: We are not licensed healthcare professionals, and our personal experiences addressed are what works for our bodies. None of what we say should be taken as medical advice. Please refer to your own physician for any medical needs and concerns.